Um, I was passionate about the program that I started at the bank, which is where they would um, come and do tours, which the tours were already in effect, but I added the um, financial literacy aspect. So high school students would come um, and they would take a tour of the bank. And that used to be what it was. And I decided to have a conversation with our management team and say, hey, I would like to sit down and talk to these kids about credit because it's not being taught in schools and a lot of parents are coming in and they don't know what's going on and so I know they're not teaching it to their kids. Yeah. And so I would have that conversation with them and you know a brief conversation but trying to get them Exposed. interested. Yeah. The top three responses that I get when I ask, why do you want to leave corporate America? Are that you want financial freedom, you want to own your own time, and you want to build a legacy for this generation and generations to come. Now, this is not a solo job. In order to transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship, it's going to take community and it's going to take resources. And I've created the community of pioneers who are going to wrap around you and help you make that transition successfully. So if you're interested in leaving your job, go ahead and click that information below. Let's get into the community and let's transition from your nine to five into entrepreneurship successfully. Now let's get back to the episode. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Young, and I have a really fabulous guest who kind of like is the beginning. She's in my love circle, guys. And she's she's at the beginning in the heart of work and play for me. And so I'm really, really proud and honored for you to be on the couch with me. Miss Tunde Etebe. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Nice to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So on the Work and Play podcast, we talk about life transitions, Mm -hmm. career transitions, and self-actualization and what all those things mean to us. Um, But without further ado, I think first we can start with introductions and Mm -hmm. then we can kind of go back into our story and then get into your story. So would you like to introduce yourself? Um, Sure. Uh (laughs) Uh, my name is Tunde, Tunde Itebe. Um I recently started a small business uh, where I do private dining and small catering. Um, so yeah, that's fried, baked, and battered, or excuse me, fried, baked, battered. Um, yeah. Well, yes, fried, baked, <laughs> battered. And uh, I think getting into your story, what's most interesting is I think... I think our hearts connected over food. Yeah. Would that be right? I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> yep. Sunday dinner. Yes. yes. Like those things literally lit up my life in mm-hmm. cold Minnesota. Right. Um, and not only that, that's just your lane. I feel like that's your zone of genius. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So when you think of like when you came up with fried baked batter, mm-hmm. like what was the what was the the um inspiration for it so I've always really kind of had a passion for food um, and I love entertaining people I love caring for people um, and so my love language is just kind of feeding people right so you know I enjoy cooking but a lot of people ask me do I cook for myself and they're shocked by my answer which is usually no <laughs> but when you add other people especially people that I love into the mixture I'm just like, I could feed you all. I could cook all day long, mm. right? And just sit there and watch you eat my food and just be happy, you know? So, um, yeah, so when I was coming to visit, you know, um, my sister, my mom, you know, they'd ask me to cook. My niece would ask me to cook. Um, 
And I have a friend who started um, their business not too long ago where they do like, you know, date nights. And I just kind of reached out and I was like, hey, while I'm here in town, you know, I'd love to collaborate with you. I haven't like cooked professionally in so long um, because I've been working in banking for like the past eight, nine years. And so I reached out. She was like, yeah, I actually have a few gigs. I went and did those and it just kind of re-sparked the passion. And so I decided to start the page and we're here. And we're here. We're here in Atlanta, (laughs) by the way. So Fried Baked Battered is in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And um, before we get into your story, what is um, what's like Fried Baked Battered specialty? Like what's your specialty? Um, it, It is new. So I am still, you know. Try, I'm in the creative process, I guess you would say. I, um, I like to curate menus specific to my client. You know, I work with them and, you know, I do have a, a menu and it's kind of like Americana. Um, so there's like lamb chops, you know, mac and cheese, you know, that kind of roasted veggies, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I welcome my clients to make special requests because I'm always to hear, I'm always happy to hear what they love to eat and, you know, see how I can put my own spin on that to, you know, please everybody. And so that's kind of like what I like to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're still in the creative spaces mm-hmm. and some of the stuff that lamb chops and things like that, yeah. those are like... Listen, guys, Sunday dinner was always lit. And we turned those things into some real Sunday dinner. We did. Like, we were cooking oxtails. I want right. to say we had lamb at one point. We did. We had lamb shanks, roasted lamb shanks. You remember that time when we made those ice cream sandwiches? I do. We made the cookies from scratch yep. and literally made ice cream sandwiches. Yeah. It was so dope. <laughs> oh, man. So another element that come, that's on the show um, is we what we all have in common, what many of our guests have in common, common is they either were in, are in corporate America or left corporate America and you're currently in your transition where you have like one foot in one foot and one foot in um, corporate one foot in your business right Right. and you mentioned that you you had spent seven years in banking uh it's been like seven eight years yeah yeah so tell us a little bit about like your journey in going into banking and how you became a, a banking professional so um I moved to Minnesota like like seven eight years ago from Atlanta from Atlanta yeah and um I was just looking for work. You know, I I had gotten out of culinary school, hadn't really been working in my field. And so I just decided to start with retail. Um, I was working actually at the Mall of America <laughs> and I was not feeling those hours. And I was like, I need a nine to five mm. with a steady regular paycheck and benefits. So I started looking into banking because it seemed like the perfect transition from retail into corporate America because it's actually considered retail banking. Mm. And so I started off as a teller, worked very hard. I became a customer sales service representative, became a personal banker. Um, and yeah, that I was at Wells Fargo for about like five, six years. Um, pretty traumatic, but was it? <laughs> it was. Um, so I left and now I work for U.S. Bank. So. Mm. So I mean, you, I can't, I can't like leave the traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> so like, cause I'm, I'm sitting here remembering like being in Minneapolis with mm-hmm. you and just watching you go in and out of work. I don't mm-hmm. think I remember any traumatic stories. So like, mm-hmm. what was traumatic about it? Was it the business or was it the customer service side of things, or was it the um, back end like admin like side of things? A bit of both, but uh, definitely the uh, the back end of things. Um, just the operations management was pretty difficult, you know, in the company. Um, 
Yeah, was was banking really ever what, what you wanted? Because you went from culinary arts into mm-hmm. retail and then into banking. Mm-hmm. Like it was a logical decision, but was it ever like? Did it have anything to do with your passion? Are you passionate about like like money? I'm not. I'm passionate about my money, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> not necessarily other people. <laughs> um, I did like um, certain aspects, you know, that working in corporate America, you know, afforded me certain things I was able to do because I was in that, you know, arena. Um, So I liked the steady paycheck. I liked, you know, my working hours. I liked, you know, bank holidays. I also am really passionate about volunteer work. Mm. And so I liked having the time and allotment to do that. I also liked having the resources to do that. And I really realized in that um, working, you know, at Wells Fargo with especially being a personal banker that there's such a gap as far as financial literacy um, especially within our community mm-hmm. and that like was a major issue for me so anybody that I could get down at my desk and have them sit down and talk with me and you know try and educate them that felt that felt good to me so I, I felt like I was being fulfilled in that sense mm-hmm. um, but that's pretty much it, the job didn't necessarily, it wasn't fulfilling. I wasn't passionate about it. Um, I was passionate about the program that I started at the bank, which is where they would um, come and do tours, which the tours were already in effect, but I added the um, financial literacy aspect. So high school students would come okay. um, and they would take a tour of the bank. And that used to be what it was. And I decided to have a conversation with our management team and say, hey, I would like to sit down and talk to these kids about credit because it's not being taught in schools. And a lot of parents are coming in and they don't know what's going on. And so I know they're not teaching it to their kids. Yeah. And so I would have that conversation with them and, you know, a brief conversation, but trying to get them interested. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there are adults still in the dark about credit and financial literacy. So when you were to like when you brought it up to the kids and even in a brief conversation, what did you notice was the one thing that they like clung to? What what was the one piece of information Mm -hmm. that you knew they walked away understanding after these conversations? I think they walked away just understanding how important it is. Okay. Um, And that no matter how much money that you're making, credit is still important. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the kids were like, well, you know, it doesn't matter because I'm going to be, you know, a millionaire I'm like well that's great but they're still gonna run your credit and yeah. if you don't have any then you're gonna be you know out of luck yeah. um, and there are of course you know situations where you can bypass that but the majority of you that's not gonna be the case so start working take that seriously yeah. I mean you, even if you're a millionaire you still want to qualify for that black card right right, right. <laughs> so Absolutely. I can imagine having conversations like that and I didn't know that you even like well now that I think about Wells Fargo and they are pretty community or community or community engagement oriented mm-hmm. but I didn't know that you you took um, advantage of like volunteer days mm-hmm. and um, so so for those of you guys who don't know I've, I've had your sister yeah. <laughs> on here and she talked a lot about like North Minneapolis and like how in Atlanta we have like we have more successful black people and Mm -hmm. I would say we have a range of successful middle class and then poverty but I feel like in in Minneapolis it was more like poverty and then like absolutely you know like corporate really like (laughs) so when you went out into your volunteer experiences Mm -hmm. like what type of people did you interface with then um so 
primarily it was, you know, people who look like us. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the places I would volunteer at, it was um, at-risk youth. Um, And it was just a day center. So they could come during the day to get something to eat, wash their clothes, take a shower, use the computer, use those resources. Um, But a lot of those people would age out. And so they would be there, you know, throughout their youth and then age out and not be able to come back anymore. Um, But yeah, typically people that, you know, young black and brown people. Yeah. um, Mm. That's really cool that you started a a whole program to, to, do you know if they're still doing that? I don't know, because when I left, there was no one willing to take it over. Mm. Now, I'm sure they're still doing the tours, but as far as the financial literacy aspect of it, I don't know that that continued on. We got to revive that in Atlanta. (laughs) Like, I love passion projects like this, where all we need to do is tell, like, literally reinvigorate another bank and, like, say, hey, this is something that has already worked in Minneapolis. Right. We can do it here and we can track the results like some school kids who don't know anything about credit. And Atlanta is like the capital of entrepreneurs. So with kids knowing more and more about credit, Mm -hmm. they can can start their business earlier. Like I'm I'm like thinking about my own process of getting business credit and how they check my personal credit (laughs) first. Like the sooner you do it, the better. That's awesome, Tunde. Thank you. I didn't know that. I'm so glad you shared that. (laughs) Um, So. So food, is that your passion? Thank you so much for watching the Work and Play podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Boss Up Conference, which is a community for entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and corporate executives to come together, network, and solve some problems. Thank y'all so much for being supporters of the Work and Play podcast. And thank you for watching the Work and Play podcast and all the episodes before. Now let's get back to the episode. Um, I think people... Mm. It's my passion. People. Uh, so people. serving people. Serving people, yes. And I just I just happen to love food. And I happen to be, I, I would consider myself a creative. Um, so loving food, being creative, it just kind of all comes together serving people. And mm. so I'm happy when I'm able to make other people happy, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so cooking for other people, I, I think everybody likes to eat. Yeah. And then I'm Nigerian, so it's like... You come over and it's like you have to eat, yeah. you know? So. Yeah. So outside of the food, when was the first time you noticed, like when you truly acknowledged this side of you that's like, I like I like serving people? I don't know that I can pinpoint a time. I don't know that I can pinpoint a time. I will say that when I moved to Minneapolis, it sparked a passion because, you know, I, I grew up in Georgia, but I grew up outside of the city. So I grew up in the suburbs. And when I moved to Minneapolis, I was in the city. I was working in the city, living, you know, very close to the city. Um, and I would see a lot of homeless people downtown. And I wasn't really used to that. Like, you know, kind of like in your face kind of thing. Now, growing up, like my mom was always, you know, she would always do things like we would donate clothes and, you know, volunteer here and there. But I think moving to the city really sparked my my passion for Mm. it because I was just kind of like, how are all these people just living on the street? It's like, you know, there are homeless people, but it's another thing to like experience. Yeah. Especially so many young people. Yeah. Because there's a lot of young people on the streets and it just, it was mind boggling. Yeah. Because I never, I never didn't have a place to sleep or didn't have a meal to eat or, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My first time volunteering was when I was 25. Mm. 
And it was when I went to a homeless shelter and I just thought like, oh, we're going to teach these kids life skills. <laughs> and I learned, it, oh, you're a year younger than me and you know more than me right. about life. <laughs> right. Like, oh, like there, there's a whole other world that mm-hmm. I just recognize. So I resonate with that experience mm-hmm. where you live your whole life as an adult and then you get to a place where you're like, hold on, wait a minute. This, these stories that we talk about of impoverished people and right. it's like no it's right under our noses right. and sometimes people don't do anything about it so yeah. I just commend you for even like noticing that and talking about that like we could have had a Sunday dinner out with like <laughs> like literally going out to serve people if, right. if I had known but I didn't become passionate about because I was 24 before I left Minneapolis right. so right, right, right. I didn't become passionate about um, the homeless or any social justice issues until I moved to Atlanta. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was when I first, I was, I was like, <laughs> I was, my, my world was open. Mm. So it's, it's even great that you, your, your, your life took you to Minneapolis, which um, started to bring your awareness to like um, people who need um, to be served. Right. Um, so what was the first opportunity you took to serve? Like to actually go out there, boots on the ground and, and help so I, I think I just Googled it one day, actually. And it was a place called People Serving People. And um, literally just took the volunteer hours off of work um, and went to go serve meals. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. So I took it back to work and um, actually one Saturday took all my coworkers with me to go and serve. I believe we went to serve breakfast. Um, so we just signed up online and, you know, and granted, it's only, you know, a meal, but they do need volunteers to do it. Um, so it wasn't like a Thanksgiving thing because Thanksgiving, you know, people always sign up. Those days are always booked right. way in advance, but they need people to serve every day of the week because yeah. those people don't only eat on holidays. They have to eat every day of the week. Right. And so, yeah. So that was the first time. It was the first time. Tunde, I'm starting to see this other side of you. This, like, in your professional life, you take all this initiative to, like, bring financial literacy to adults who don't necessarily know, bring financial literacy to children who are just coming to the bank tours, helping out the, the people who are experiencing homelessness, like, and then having a very, 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 like, I want to just kind of put a pin in that, a very, um, Hmm, informed perspective on the fact that everybody wants to help on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Christmas and holidays. But those days that really, really matter are like those random Tuesdays right. where like, yeah, they could possibly have like a peanut butter sandwich mm-hmm. and some like cold water. But you coming in with like fresh cooked food. Mm-hmm. That's that's like it makes a world of difference. Right. That is awesome. Thank you. Okay, so like, <laughs> as we um, go further, well, you know what? You're actually formally trained in cooking. So my mind is going, because I know you, like, I'm like all over the place. And I typically don't know my guests. So I'm like, I'm like literally finding out for the first time. But um, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up? I definitely thought I was going to be an iron chef. Like, if we're going back to, like, when I was a kid, yeah. I thought I was going to be an iron chef. I did. When I when I was growing up, there was a period of time we didn't have cable. And we had PBS. And I would watch Julia Childs. Really? And I was like, yo, I could do that. I could be her. 
Like, I could be her. And my mom, like, people would always ask her to cook for events because her food, you know, like, is great. (laughs) And so, um, like, anytime there was, like, um, events, they would ask her to cook Nigerian food and stuff like that. So I've watched my mom cook in the kitchen growing up my whole life. Mm. And then I'm like, there's this person on TV cooking. That's dope. And then, like, we got cable again. (laughs) And so now I have the Food Network. And I'm like, yo, there are people doing competitions? Like, that's dope. Like, I want to do that. So I definitely thought I was going to be an Iron Chef or on Chopped or something like that. You're not too far (laughs) off, though. Like, you're not too far off. Because the contestants are typically, like... People who have had like cooking experience, they've mm-hmm. gone to Le Cord- the Le Cordon Blues of the world. Mm-hmm. They know how to like throw some things together. Right. But w- so you, you mentioned you're Nigerian. Did you like, were you like really into being the Nigerian Julian Childs back then? Or were you big on like cooking Nigerian foods only? So I actually, that's not really my area of expertise, actually. Mm. <laughs> Funnily enough. I think it's because my mom had me peeling Maggie cubes. Like, <laughs> what's a Maggie cube? <laughs> What's a Maggie cube? It's a seasoning cube. So it's like a um, chicken bouillon mm, cube. Mm-hmm. And so um, Maggie is the brand. Got so you. we just call it Maggie cubes. Got but, you, um, you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't too involved. And I wish I was in the kitchen more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually picking up those recipes now. So it's kind of cool. So like... In my mom's kitchen, I get to just kind of hang out and watch her cook those. But growing up, I was thinking more French cooking, being classically trained. And then I've always wanted to take Nigerian food and bring it to the masses, essentially. So, like, the way Chinese food is kind of, like, on every street corner, kind of make it like that, you know? Make Mm. it accessible, make it, you know. So, you're talking about, like... um having jollof rice like on every single corner so and what do you say igusi igusi having like igusi and like jollof rice and all of the good stuff can y'all make it (laughs) vegan though (laughs) (laughs) let me see what we could do about the vegan options puff puff is vegan what's puff puff it's like a nigerian donut Okay. So it's actually just, it's really simple. It's water, flour, yeast, and sugar. Okay. And then you can kind of add your own seasoning. So some people add vanilla, cinnamon, um, nutmeg. So you can eat it like that. I want some of that. Yeah. Okay, so then I'll just go to the um, Nigerian restaurants and mm-hmm. just pull up and get... Puff puff. Puff puff. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. When I went to um, Ghana, it was real hard to find fresh veggies. So you know I compromise a lot. Why was it hard to find? It was just it like was, cooked. You know, I just think where I was at, everything was meat, mm. rice, um, fufu, kenke. Mm. I mean, I mean, it's, I, like I told you, <laughs> I didn't have a problem once right. I made my decision. I wasn't going to starve. Right, <laughs> right. That's real. <laughs> I Very was no real. longer like um. Where's the broccoli? Where's the like? Can I get some collard greens? Like, right. I just ate what I what I ate, and mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot of um like uh, veggies. So like in um, Nigerian um, tradition, do you guys have a lot of vegetable dishes? Yes, but the, I don't know of a dish that doesn't contain Maggie in it. So it's got like that chicken bouillon or beef bouillon mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Usually, because you can technically make some of the dishes. Um, 
without meat or without um, seafood or anything like that. Um, but the seasoning may still contain that. So I guess it depends on your level of yeah, veganism. <laughs> veganism. Well, in America, I'm pretty strict, but <laughs> it just depends. It kind of does depend. It's because it's more of a health decision, mm-hmm. less of um, spiritual. Gotcha. But um, I'm noticing a, a market that hasn't really been filled. The, Vegan, yeah. you know, Africans. Oh, vegan Africans. Look at you. I'm sure there's some vegetarians, though. I'm sure. Because, like, when you think about some of you guys, some of the dishes, like, as long as if you just take the meat out, a lot, everything, a lot of things are veggie, actually. Mm-hmm. And then if you, like, if you don't cook it with, like, the like the chickens of the world or something like that, then you can just have a, <laughs> the chickens, the porks, the, right. the beefs, then you pretty much just got veggies. And, yeah. and if you live far enough in the country of Africa, like... You like meat is a, um, a like a a luxury. Mm. Sometimes you probably eat more rice than anything, right? right? Um, so technically, there's some vegetarians out yeah, there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so back to you. Yes. <laughs> we um, we wanted to be you know the Julia Childs, right. the, the Nigerian Julia Childs, yeah. and you went off into high school. Mm-hmm. Did that passion die at any point? But I guess not really because you went to culinary school. I did. So. I went to culinary school and then I think, I wouldn't say the passion died, but I got a reality check because mm. um, I went to culinary school right out of high school um, and I had never worked in a restaurant. And so when I did my externship working, you know, in an industrial kitchen, it was a bit overwhelming for me. And mm. I noticed that that's not the route I want to go, even if I do stay in the culinary field. Um, and so that just kind of shook me up a bit because I knew that in order to get the or my thought process was in order to get there, right, to be the Julia Childs or, you know, Iron Chef, you know, I would need to gain all that experience at working in a kitchen as a mm-hmm. line cook, working under an executive chef. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just had a really bad experience with my externship and it just kind of deterred me. And so I stopped cooking for a, a long time, actually. Mm. Could you have, if you had known, could you have gotten that experience sooner? Um, yeah, I probably could have um, started working in a restaurant like in high school mm-hmm. um, or even started working in a restaurant outside of high school um, before I decided to go to culinary school. Mm. Um, but I honestly think it would have been the same result because, again, I feel like I realized in going into that um, industrial kitchen and working for my externship um, that that was not the lane that I felt was for me. Yeah. And so I still, to this day, like I, I don't um, first see myself being a line cook or, you know, working in a restaurant kitchen. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you learned a lot about yourself and experience because if you'd done that in high school, you mm-hmm. still would have come to the same conclusion. So right. what was it that you learned about yourself that says like, I'm not suited for industrial kitchens, mm-hmm. but like I'm suited for, and I have to, you have to give me what that next thing is. Um, so honestly, I think I, I just realized what an anxious person I am. Um, and that, um, I'm, I don't, I don't really flourish under super intense, um, environments, um, like that. Kitchens tend to be super intense. Um, also I, I didn't like the hours. I didn't like, you know, 
working holidays. I'm a very family-oriented person, um, and I like to spend as much time with my family as I possibly can. Um, So I definitely realize like, hey, restaurants are open on weekends, nights, holidays, and you're expected to work long hours standing up on your feet in a very fast pace, physically demanding, you know, can be very overwhelming and anxiety inducing environment. Mm -hmm. And so I did learn those things about myself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And now you're, would you say more so caterer? I would say um, private chef private is more chef. the lane I'm in. Mm-hmm. I do do small um, catering, like catering for small events. Um, but private chef is really kind of the lane that I'm in. So I'll come to your home, for example, and you'll pick between a three-course meal and a five-course meal. And I'll cook that live for you or, you know, you and your guest. Um, typically, it's, you know, two to, two to four people, um, but can go up in number um but yeah a live cooked hot meal yeah. in your house so and that allows you to do it in your own time exactly. being your element mm-hmm. what's your like i mean and i know you're like you're in you're you're starting to like build up your clientele and get into this a little bit more but like what's your favorite or do you set expectations when you go in like what's your favorite type of client or do you just like this is what i need in order for <laughs> me to be great so my favorite kind of client is um Honestly, anybody who lets me into their home, I first of all just love that you invited me here and that you trust me to cook because usually it's for for a special occasion, right? So the fact that you trust me to cook this meal for you, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I will say I love when I put down a plate and I walk away and I hear somebody pick up the knife and fork and the next thing I hear, "Mm." (laughs) mmm. Mm. Like I, I love that. I just You're go like, back to the kitchen smiling, <laughs> like moving it up. But yeah, so that makes me happy. I love it. So, so it sounds like clients who let you come in mm-hmm. and and do your thing, right? Um, and then because clearly they trust you to come in and just kind of put something together, but also um, clients who appreciate the work, and then clients who maybe let you take your time. Yeah, I. So when I come to do a dinner, um, I'm fully prepped. Mm. And so I've positioned myself at that point, you know, for success, hopefully, right? So (laughs) I have everything, you know, what we call mise en place. So everything in its place. Um, So I'm just coming in and I'm literally putting things on the stove, you know, like putting things on, you know, in time, just watching like, okay, like, you know, so things are freshly prepared for you, but everything is really prepped and I'm Mm -hmm. coming completely prepared to just throw things on the stove, plate them for you nicely, you know, season, you know, things like that. So that's nice. I'm like envisioning um, Hell's Kitchen where that guy's like yelling. You just like you could be like the best of the best. And all of a sudden you just turn like you can't cook rice anymore. You're like, don't yell at me. <laughs> like, cause, and then like whenever you, when you don't yell and then he's off the set, it's like, oh, my God, this is the best rice. Right. <laughs> like, right. If you stop yelling at me, I'm, I can do my thing. Right, right. I love that. When uh, I mean, there's this there's this conversation going on. Um like just it, since I'm in the career space, mm-hmm. whether you take your whether you explore your passion first mm-hmm. or whether you build a career and do something else afterwards, 
Um, there's a whole debate on which one you should do first. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, it's really encouraging to hear that you explored it. Mm-hmm. You might have explored it in high school, but mm-hmm. you explored it first um, thing. And then you figured out what wasn't a good fit for you. And then as life would have it, you came back around right. to cooking. Now, it took you some time after that industrial cooking, that industrial kitchen <laughs> experience. Right. And you moved to Minneapolis, mm-hmm. went into banking. And that has its own, like place in your heart of like giving back and serving and then we started like the um sunday dinners now from my perspective i know i don't even remember how they evolved but from your perspective was that the first time you got a chance to start back into your like culinary arts i've gotten so many questions about this brand and i'm super excited to share that this episode is sponsored by black is wealth clothing now black is wealth was created to inspire and empower our culture to tap into our wealth now when we talk about wealth we're not just talking about financial wealth we're talking about the strength resilience and brilliance that lives inside of all of us now by tapping into our wealth we can create any form of wealth that we desire so if you like this shirt or any other shirt that you've seen me sport on my instagram or any other sh- any other platform, then go check them out at blackiswealth.com. I love this one and y'all are going to love it too. Now let's get back to the episode. So I don't, I guess I, I never really thought about it like that, but mm. I, on some level for sure, um, I think that's kind of when I discovered like, okay, I don't have to give up cooking completely because what I'm really enjoying is hosting. Like, like you guys would come over and it would be a collaboration, right? But y'all kind of let me try new things and stuff like that. So I would still cook for y'all, but really realized, okay, it's you guys, you know, y'all enjoying the food, mm. enjoying the company, you know, that really was, you know, that that sparked the, I guess we sparked the passion. Yeah, I guess. On some level. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it until you said like it was a while before you started cooking. And when I remember us doing Sunday dinners, yes, it was a collaborative event. Mm -hmm. But like you were always the star of the show. (laughs) Like, let's not get started on that chicken that your your sister cooked. (laughs) We know who was the star of the show. It was definitely not me. (laughs) You know, it definitely was. It was not. But I feel like you were like in terms of techniques Mm. and like no guys this is how this should be cooked (laughs) like there were some things that we were comfortable like our our things Mm -hmm. but if if we were trying something new you were the you were like the expert on the on the team Mm. i mean at least that's how i saw it (laughs) because we could all we all had our 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 dishes Mm -hmm. so from my experience like you came in with the expert knowledge but one thing that we missed was like your time in like le cordon bleu so when you left the industrial kitchen, mm-hmm. um, what happened next? Um, I just took a break. I went. I moved back home and I just took a break. Um, and then back to I, Atlanta. No, Ooh. I was in Georgia when I uh, when I did my externship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just moved back home to my mother's house. Got it. So you were were you like so were you. Um, I'm just trying to make sure I understand. Were you living like on campus or were you like yeah. living in an apartment? I, oh, excuse me. That's that's wrong. I was living on campus, like in an apartment that they, like designated apartments for the school mm-hmm. um, while I was in school. And then while I was doing my externship, I moved back home. Mm. Um, and then after the externship, um, yeah, I just 
I took a break for a little while and then mm -hmm. ended up moving to Minneapolis like a year or two later. Got it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that experience like took a lot out of you just personally? I do. I do. Because I felt like I had known what I wanted to do um, all my life mm. and then realized that's not what I want to do. And so I, I kind of went through um, a really low period um, for those couple of years. <laughs> And um, I didn't really move that much. And so I was just, I was still for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and then my sister, who's, like you mentioned, was on the other episode, Agu, um, she was in Minneapolis. And so um, I don't say this very much, but my mom thought it was a good idea to essentially for me to go live with my sister. And so I moved up there and Agu's kind of like a no-nonsense person, you know. And so she kind of you know, kick me back on my feet, like, let's start applying for jobs and get you out the house. And, nice. you know, yeah, I was I was a little, I don't want to say lost, but didn't really have a direction, you know, because I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. Mm. So. But that's amazing because a lot of people will not pursue their passion at all um, because, you know, the world, you know, just says that, you know, you you could have gone to straight get a banking degree. Right. Mm -hmm. And that would have been a whole other distraction away from right. serving. Um, you would have found a way to serve. Mm -hmm. Clearly you did when it came to Wells Fargo. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the fact that you did it mm -hmm. right informs, OK, no, industrial kitchens is not what I want what I want to do. Right. And if we think about it, life has taught you now that you're back in the, the cooking space. OK, I'm trying it a different way. Right. Like if it, if I hate that that experience took so much out of you, but it can, it makes sense because you learned a lot about your personality. Right. Um, you learned about like your cook, a little bit of your cooking style, like some of the techniques and the technical part of it. And you even like tested yourself. Like, you know, like it, <laughs> that was an, we talked about exposures before this started, mm -hmm. but that was the extreme exposure. Right. <laughs> like, right. <dumping> yourself. <laughs> right. Dive like, in. Yeah. yeah. You went head first. So I just commend you for trying. Thank you. Yeah. And not only that, you bounce back. Um, so if I'm piecing this story together properly, you grew up, mm -hmm. you, you grew up watching like the Julia Childs of the world, right? And mm -hmm. you finally started to see like the Food Networks and Iron Chef and you're like, oh, oh, Iron <laughs> Chef is what it's going to be. Yep. I love it. And then you pursued your passion. Mm -hmm. You said, OK, I'm going to learn um, culinary arts and I'm going to go up the professional track that I think is what's, what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we always do like when we know, like when, when people tell us these are the things that you have to do to be successful in this industry. Mm -hmm. Nobody says like, oh, no, but there's there's this entrepreneurial route. Right. There's the personal chef. I don't know how many people are talking about personal chefs mm -hmm. in like um in like um, culinary arts or how many were back then, mm -hmm. but they always give us these like traditional routes. And right. that's how we get, we ca get caught up with terrible bosses or like the guy from Hell's Kitchen. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Uh, but I, it's, it's great that you, so then in the next you went to, you went on to banking mm -hmm. and you got a chance to really serve in that way. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. And then we started the, the like Sunday dinners, right? which, we're awesome. Like, that's how we became, like, you know, a love circle. Right. <laughs> that will never, ever, 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 like, it will always have a place in my heart. 
So now mm -hmm. that we've moved back from Minneapolis, mm -hmm. well, actually, with when moving back to from to Atlanta from Minneapolis, like, what's what's that experience been like now that you one are transitioning from um, nine to fiver to nine to fiver and entrepreneur, mm -hmm. as well as going from Minneapolis to Atlanta? What's that transition like for you? Um, it's been interesting, to be honest. Um, I've worked two jobs in the past, and so it's not unfamiliar to me um but it's just kind of prioritizing um what needs to be prioritized at what moment if that makes sense um sometimes i do have to decline bookings because i have you know the nine to five which does take care of my bills right now you know mm -hmm. so um other times i am able to work both situations out and so i do when i can um, and those tend to be longer days, but, you know, work it out. And then um, a lot of the times my bookings are on the weekend and my nine to five does not call for me to work on the weekend. So mm -hmm. those are the easiest, you know, mm, that that's a problem. Every entrepreneur would love to have, <laughs> like to have so many bookings knocking on the door that you're like, sorry, I have to turn you down. Like. <laughs> That's literally the position a lot. I mean, like, well, people don't want to turn it down, but people would love to be in a position where you have surplus of orders. Mm -hmm. When you think about your demand right now mm -hmm. and then even the growth of where you from where you are today to like if you were to start taking more bookings during the week, mm -hmm. do you foresee it really like compensating or yeah, compensating for your nine to five income? Um, I think that it could. I think that it could. I'm still figuring out the business end of it, um, to be quite honest, um, the finances, um, and then with food prices, like fluctuating and, you know, learning how to pay myself and, you know, et cetera. Um, while I'm figuring that out, I, I'm, I could see it working out. Um, I'm just in the process of figuring out what that would look like mm. and what it would take. What's your process look like? Like, do you start with like finances question. first, and <laughs> yeah, like what? What is like? Cause That's a good question. You're the fi <laughs> let's let's work it out then. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so sometimes I'll watch like YouTube videos, stuff like that. My sister actually just gave me a book because she's in. Um, she's currently doing her master's. I'm finishing up here um, in the next like two weeks, but she just gave me a book. Um, on like business and entrepreneurship. Um, and so I'm in, I just started that book this past week. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm trying to double dabble, balance my time <laughs> as much as possible. Cause I also realized these last few years as well that I didn't do a lot of the things that I want to do, you know, outside of like passion projects, outside of nine to five work and paying the bills, you know, like I want to travel, you know, I still have like things on my list and um, I don't want to say I'm not driven because I would consider myself driven, but I also feel like um, in the last couple of years, um, some life events have happened that have really taught me that we're here for a good time and not a long time. And so <laughs> because we're not here for a long time, I want to have as good of a time as possible. And so I'm just trying to balance all of those factors. Mm, <laughs> you said that right. Hey y'all, let me tell you about my friends at Run The World Clothing. 
Run the World is a community empowerment brand that chooses to educate on black history, black culture, and black radical thought through apparel and experiences. Run the World is a vessel to celebrate the black experience for our black people and our allies. And I have on one of their latest pieces from this season's collection. So if you haven't seen Run the World Vic's episode on the Work and Play podcast, go check it out or go to their website to check out some of their apparel. Now let's get back to the episode. And as um, we've experienced mm-hmm. some of some of the lows together, mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Um, and we'll just leave we'll leave that there. Right. But <laughs> um, the good time and not a lot and not a long time definitely resonates. Oh, what I was thinking: Would you do like traveling? Um, a traveling chef? I would. That I, would be uh, fly me out. Okay, I'm ready. That would be <laughs> the best like combination. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. I think as you build your clientele now, Mm -hmm. like, well, so one thing that I love about Atlanta is it's the nucleus of entrepreneurship Mm. and everyone is coming up. You know what I mean? Like everyone is growing. So like as your clients start, whatever, like whatever endeavors they're starting Mm -hmm. and they become really successful at what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think we all like your circle will all like just level up and we'll be like, Hey, Tunde, like, I really need that. (laughs) I'm in Thailand right now, but I really need that. And then you're like, okay, fine. My flight is this. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh. Absolutely. Okay, we got to get the business side of the house done. And then that way, (laughs) we'll be able to be like, hey, this is my flat, my flat rate. Right. Um, It includes my my flight, the the ingredients. I will figure out how to go around Thailand and get my. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Let's put it out there. Traveling I chef. I that. Please. <laughs> and then I can come with you. Yes, girl. I'm not the best sous chef, but... We'll work it out. <laughs> we'll work it out. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's really been really cool talking to you about it like this yeah. because I kind of look at you like a little sister and, and hearing like your business <laughs> development, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you've been a whole grown lady up out here. I'm trying. I gotta like... <laughs> I got you. You pulled the wool over my eyes. I remember that one time we were. I was helping you drive. We like when I think about like our relationship. I be like, you're like little sis, right? But you really have taken some big moves. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm not trying. trying. You're doing. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing so. Um, when you think about the next like four to five years, and even mm-hmm. if you haven't thought about it before, take a moment mm-hmm. and and you think about. Um, fried, baked, battered mm-hmm. over the next course of like five years. Mm-hmm. What do you envision um, in terms of success for your business? I, I would like for people to hear that and know exactly who it is and what it is. Um, I would also love, you know, you said four to five years, right? Yeah. I would also love to open my own restaurant within the next four to five years. Um and, you know, I don't want to jinx anything or, you know, put anything out there, but I, I could definitely see that happening within the next four to five years. Um, working on myself personally, taking those strides um, to get to a place where I can do that. Um, yeah. Mm. Now, you said you want people to know what that means. When I hear fried, baked, battered, mm-hmm. I think there's a span of. I can indulge in the unhealthy, and this is my mind. See, I'm vegan, right? So mm-hmm. I can indulge in the unhealthy. I can mm-hmm. give me some fried or mm-hmm. ba- battered, mm-hmm. um, but then I can also get it baked, mm-hmm. 
And there's also going to be something for the person who's in between that battered piece where right. you might not want it hard fried right. and you might not want it like <laughs> super duper like grill baked type, right. but you want something in between. <laughs> is, is that what you mean by fried baked batter? Or what was the inspiration behind that? You know, my sister, Agu, actually came up with the name and I heard it and I loved it because I feel like first of all, it rolls off the tongue. I feel like it's catchy, it's easy to remember, and I feel like it, like you said, it covers, you know, a multitude of things, right? Fried, baked, battered, you know, that could include desserts, baked, mm. you know what I'm saying? So it it encompasses so much, I felt like it was very me, because like I said, I kind of like to have my hands in everything, if mm. that makes sense, as far as types of food which is why I like to sit down and like curate those like personalized menus with my customers. Um, Cause it, it's, it really, like there's so many types of food out there, so many different styles of cooking, you know? I know mm. everybody has their niche, but. Yeah, and you'll find your niche in terms of your business, mm-hmm. but there's that array that I want to stick to real quick because now that we're thinking about fried baked batter in that range, mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about this range of like little sis and like super <laughs> duper like <laughs> drive helping you drive that that and into this like power black woman in like corporate and in business mm-hmm. which I've never seen but like not never seen I've seen mm-hmm. but like growing up and I say growing up as adults right right, right. <laughs> um, and seeing that over time I'm seeing it so. If we were to say like fried and baked, mm-hmm. what's your battered or what's something that, that like most people don't know about you? Like cooking wise or just like in general? In general. That's a good question. I don't know that I have an answer. I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. I don't know that there's much that, you know, I could really say that no one knows about me. Mm. I think different people get different pieces and parts of me. But for the most part, I think all of me is kind of out there with somebody, to mm, be honest. With somebody. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Because even when I think about our friendships, you share a different vibe between like our friend groups, right? right? Um, and then I also, my mind is all, like different parts of you is just coming up. And mm-hmm. I think about the Julia, Julia Child that inspired you mm-hmm. to cook, that French, that traditional... Right. Um, classical like way of cooking mm-hmm. um, and now you're thinking about more so Nigerian um, foods right. and and I think about even your music selection like most or more so like Nigerian music so right. like there's a span of who you are right. in so many ways like you could probably kick it with the best of them who love Julia Childs and French cuisine I probably could girl mm-hmm. <laughs> I know French fries <laughs> <laughs> But you probably could. You probably could. Mm. Is there anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about? I feel like when it comes to work and play, it's just, (laughs) I think about so many different things. What do you think about when you think about work and play? What does life look like for you when you think about work and play? Hmm. I think work less and play more. What does play more for it look like for you? It right now, it looks like travel. Mm-hmm. It looks like spending time with family and friends. More travel, um, eating out experiences. Like for example, my sister just um, we talked about going to a uh, 
what is it blind dining mm, restaurant yeah where it's just completely in the dark that's the kind of stuff i want to do you know like we book tickets to go see like an orchestra that's the kind of stuff i want to do you know if somebody called me up and said hey let's have a water gun fight at piedmont park tomorrow i'd be down mm. you know i'm just i'm trying to open myself up a little bit more to doing things because like i said life is short and i'm just trying to have as many experiences as possible while i'm blessed enough to be here yeah (laughs) and if i add the personal chef to that is Mm -hmm. is that your idea like we let's say we all set up a thing like some one of our friends does the orchestra one of our friends sets up the dining experience and Mm -hmm. or another one of our friends just has a party Mm -hmm. and if you are the go-to chef Mm -hmm. for all of those events would you be down for that like is that the lifestyle you want i would absolutely be open to you know doing things like that yeah i love that i love that somebody would even think like hey i'm having this event oh my gosh i know a chef tunde let me call her yeah like the fact that i'm popping up in somebody's mind absolutely that would be so lit and then you can literally like you can cook for us do your thing and then come sit at the dinner table and then just watch it all info- unfold yeah. that way it doesn't have to be like you serving and then like going back to your your like mm-hmm. to retreat back to the kitchen but you get to experience mm-hmm. everything and right. you, you know I'm, I'm sure you cook some things like oh i wish i could have that yeah. it's got to be good <laughs> Look, a good chef always tastes the food before they put it out so okay so you you, you get yours in <laughs> I can't just put something out and I haven't tasted it. I got to taste it first. You're right. You know, got to taste along the way, taste at the end. Yeah, so you, well, you might be full by the time you cook, <laughs> but I guess you could just spend time with us right. and do your thing. Right. Well, that's lit. I'm glad we're manifesting this work life, yes. this work play life for you right now. We're going to put it out into the universe yes. and make it happen. Yes, amen. Received. Receive it. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I like to do on the show is it's more like a ceremonial question now. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen again. <laughs> no, but the question is really for us to reach back. OK. And when I think about your journey, I know you might not see it. Mm-hmm like the bravery and the courage and like you just being able to try things out and pull yourself out of like a a depression if we call it right um and to find yourself again right would you say you're finding yourself again i would Mm. i would okay so when i ask you this question I'm thinking like there's somebody who's like in their journey and they either are counting themselves out on their passion or they probably don't even think that they can even go explore their passion yet. Like when you reach back and it's a little girl or a young lady mm-hmm. or young woman, what, what is that piece of feedback or inspiration that you like to share mm-hmm. so that they know how to take their next step forward? So I guess the... I don't know if it's feedback, but advice that Mm. I would give them Mm -hmm. would be um, don't expect people to support you um, the way you picture it or even the way you would support other people. Uh, My, I guess, inspirational piece would say do it anyway, Um, whether you feel like you're rallied behind or not, just try it. Um, We are, I don't think that there is a person out there who is not failing like or has not failed but they're still doing it and those people who flourish is because they tried again and so 
you know, I'm hoping that this is my time to flourish. You know, I'm trying it again. So that's that would be my advice uh, and my little piece of inspiration, I guess. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I really like I really do want to have you on for like a part two. Yeah. As your business like continues to flourish. Absolutely. Even after you watch this and, and we you go you like hold your breath through some moments and, <laughs> and then you're like, Okay, I'm ready <laughs> to try again. I cannot wait for that opportunity. Absolutely. So you just let me know when I could when I can like take the pleasure of having you on and seeing more of this side of you. Because yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm excited for episode two because I don't know what it's going to look like. But <laughs> We manifested that you're going to be a travel yes. a travel chef, yes. a travel personal chef for yeah. like um, some Nigerian friends of yours yeah. who make about a million bucks. Yeah. And they they often travel to like Thailand. Absolutely. And they might even go back to Nigeria for like six months, yeah. Nigeria for six months. So you go out there for two or three weeks mm-hmm. And you provide chef experiences. Absolutely. And you invite your friends to come hang out with you in their like guest house because yeah. they have guest houses. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see. I see it all. Yeah. I see it all. And I love the part about, you know, my, my friends being millionaires because, you know, I don't want just me to win. I want them to win. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if they are millionaires and that means your prices. Yep. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> much for being here today thank you for sharing the guest i was nervous but this was fun i'm glad you enjoyed yourself thank you guys so much for watching thank you for listening if you're on pot and on the podcast and so if you resonated with anything that tunde said today and you want to get connected with her Hey guys, it's Ariel from the Work and Play Podcast. If you're getting any value from this channel, and I mean anything from the tutorials to the podcast to the random videos that you see on this channel, then I just ask that you do one thing. Please subscribe. Subscribe and share this to anyone that you think this resonates with and drop a comment below so I know what other things that you want to see next. Now let's get back to the episode. Tunde, how can the folks get in contact with you? So um, my Instagram page is actually at Fried Baked Battered. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. I check my DMs. DMs are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all so much. Until next time, peace out.